Hey, alright, happy Friday, welcome to Stay at Home Dad's Podcast, Justin, your host here with you once again, so thank you for spending the next 20 minutes with me. Alright, so I know I'm about six days late, but I just wanted to take a bit and remember all those people that we lost on September 11th, 2001, as well as all those affected by what happened on that day. It's crazy, right? It's been 20 years since that terrible tragedy. Like many people, I'll probably never forget where I was when all that happened. I was actually at my grandma's house in northern Minnesota, just getting ready to move. I just graduated high school, and I was just getting ready to load up all my stuff and drive out to Vegas to start my life. And I was sitting there eating breakfast, watching the news on one of her five channels she got with her antenna out in her country house out in the middle of nowhere. And I turned the TV on to a bunch of commotion already in progress, building on fire, reporters saying a plane had hit the tower. I'd actually never seen the towers before, just what I've seen on TV. I've never been to New York. I still haven't been to New York as of this day. So I can never really comprehend the sheer size of them. So even after seeing the building on fire with a hole in it, I was still under the impression that it had been just some small aircraft, some small, maybe a little twin engine plane that had accidentally hit the building, right? And then as I'm watching in real time, I see the second plane turn and boom, plow right into that second tower. And I I don't know, I just, my heart sank no other words really to explain that and it just you you can't believe what you're seeing and i'm just thinking what what is happening accident attack terrorism you start hearing these words of terrorism i think that's one of the first times i had actually heard the word i mean remember now i'm in a small small minnesota town and out in the country hanging out with my grandma who actually looked over, I told her what was going on, and she looked over, I don't know, if she just couldn't believe it, and she kind of just was like, oh, and went about her day, and uh, I don't know, just a kind of shocking thing for everybody. And then your mind starts going, why? Why would some group want to do this? Why would some person want to do this? I was 18 or 19 at the time, and I guess I didn't really understand that type of thing that well. The whole idea of terrorism and other countries hurting other countries. I don't know. And then when they came down, when those buildings came down, just dust and debris. And I even still see pictures today and it just seems so surreal. I kept thinking I was watching some post-apocalyptic movie. But I wasn't. I feel for those people. All of them. Everyone affected by that whole tragedy. 2,977 innocent people and countless others affected by the whole thing. And yes, I actually subtracted the 19 bag of shit terrorists out of the number that died. So if you were wondering, my math was off. This thing's just, I don't know, it's its affected every one of us. It's changed the way we live. its It's changed a lot. Even, I mean, 20 years later, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was 20 years ago. Airports different, security's different. I feel like this wouldn't happen today, knowing what we know now. I think uh, people see something, they say something. You know, that saying that you've always heard, and I think that's 
really rings true now that when something weird is happening, I think people will will stand up and take care of it in a way or raise the alarm, so to speak. But it just it makes all of us almost look over our shoulder or be on a heightened sense in a, in a way. All these tragedies do, these mass shooting tragedies, these terrorist tragedies, all of them, they really they kind of make everybody on edge and always analyzing situations, right? So how did this all affect you? How did 9-11 affect you? How have tragedies affected you? You recall those moments that you found out or that you witnessed it? I imagine you do. That kind of stuff kind of sticks with you. I didn't have anybody there, though. I didn't wasn't associated with anybody there or the disaster on a personal level. So I imagine being reminded of that in that capacity is just unreal. All right, so speaking of this day, it's a day of remembrance, six days late, right? Memorializing it. How do we go about talking about stuff like this with our kids? 9-11, disasters, volcano eruptions, metro train crashes, tsunamis, just tragedies around the world, even COVID. I mean, how do we properly talk to our kids about these things when they see stuff, when they ask questions or whatever they may do? What do you think? Now, I've I've talked to my seven-year-old a little bit about stuff like this. She's seen stuff in the news. I watch the news in the morning and she'll ask some questions about what's going on or what's this or what's that. And I, uh, I kind of gloss over it, honestly. I kind of explain it a little bit, but I, I gloss over it. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the right angle. So I, maybe I could uh, do something better there. Now, my four-year-old hasn't really even brought it up. She's not really in tune with the news, really, or stuff going on as of yet. So that hasn't been an issue with her, at least. And my girls have already had personal tragedy in their lives. They lost their papa. He passed away almost three years ago. And we talked about it. And they were close. Olivia and him were really close. And she was she was sad and, and, and upset. And we I don't think she necessarily understood what was happening. She was, you know, four-ish right in there. So she probably didn't really understand what was going on. We would just tell her that he was moving on to a better place and try to explain it in that fashion. But kids are so innocent. They don't really have a care in the world when it comes to this sort of thing. They're not worried about death or asteroids or terrorism, really. They're, they don't really, it's not on their radar. And honestly, I kind of think it should stay that way for as long as it can, in my opinion anyways. Why ruin that? Why taint that? Why expose them to some terrible stuff that this world has to offer? I think kids are growing up fast enough as it is. There's no need to pile on with a bunch of heavy emotional stuff. And I don't want them worrying or wondering people out there to get them or hurt them or, or lose that trust in, in humanity as pretty much us adults have, right? I don't want them to have that demeanor so young. So I kind of thought that some of you maybe in the same boat, having trouble bringing this stuff up, explaining it to your kids or your nephews or whatever. So I thought I would go look for a few articles and a few tips, maybe help us out, right? So on to the good old Google I went, or Lugal, if you've ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine. Anyways, this is what I found. There's actually 
quite a bit of good info out there on this subject. Just typing it in and a lot of stuff comes up on how to talk to your kids about trauma, how to talk to them if they've dealt with some traumatic event themselves. Um, it even gets more specific on how to talk to your kids about 9-11. So I'm just going to kind of go through and read some of these few tips and stuff. And that way you don't have to. So hopefully we can both learn something here. Alright, so this first one I found was actually uh, on today.com. I'm just going to read through a few things here. It's specifically how to talk to your kids about September 11th. So it says, when talking to kids about any tragic event, you want to find a way to inform them without freaking them out. We chatted with Dr. Lori Walsh, New York State-based licensed clinical psychologist and mother of three who specializes in parenting and anxiety who shared her tips when talking to your kids about 9-11 at every age. All right, with preschoolers, it says, find out what they know. I always recommend asking what they know first, regardless of age. Have you heard of 9-11? Kind of gives you a great jumping off point, she says. And it says, clear up any misconceptions. While we hope most young kids are blissfully ignorant of attacks, you might be surprised of what they have picked up. Little pieces of information, crazy stories here and there, and their four-year-old brains just cannot make sense of it. So it's important to correct any of those misconceptions. Another tip she says is keep it simple. There's no need to get into the horrors of the day, just the basics. 9-11 is a day that airplanes crashed into really tall buildings. And just answer the questions as simply as you can. They don't need to see images or videos. They don't need those types of details. Don't tell them how many people died or that people jumped out of windows. Seriously, yeah, they don't. Let's keep our kids innocent here. We don't need to scar them for life. Another tip, she says, is make them feel safe. Whatever you say and the message that they don't need to worry, even if as an adult, you know that's not necessarily true. You want them to feel that their little world is still secure. Tell them that there were so many brave people that day, firemen, policemen, ordinary people, who went to help. Remind them that mom and dad are here to protect them. And that lots of people are working to make sure nothing like this ever happens again, right? Now they move on to elementary schoolers, which is more like my older daughter, seven-year-old's range. And they say again, find out what they know. Correct any misconceptions. School-age children have undoubtedly heard about 9-11 from their friends, classroom, TV, but still important to find out exactly what they know before you start talking. It also says keep it concrete. Now that they're older, you can share more information and a bit of context but they're still too young to understand the big picture. Don't get into politics or the war on terror. Elementary school kids don't have abstract thinking. They can't process different points of view. Stick with the facts. These men tricked people and hijacked airplanes. That's why we have to go through security. Relate it with their world. That's interesting. Um, kind of bring it back to something that is tangible for the kid. So relate it to their daily life. When they go flying with, you know, with us, they can maybe understand that a little bit more. Also ask them what they think. They're old enough to start sharing their feelings about what happened. If they say it makes them feel sad or scared, you can admit that you feel the same way too. Then remind them that everyone's working hard to keep us safe. Give them coping skills. Then it goes on to talk about middle schoolers and high schoolers. I'm not going to get into that. I'll link all these articles in the description so you can check them out on your own. Or if you want, just do a, a quick search. But I'm not going to get into the middle school and high schoolers. That doesn't really pertain 
to me anyways. All right, I just want to touch on another article here. It's from healthychildren.org and it's talking to your children about tragedies and other news events. And it starts off saying, after any disaster or crisis, families struggle with what they should say to children and what's best not to share with them. And it says, the American Academy of Pediatrics encourages parents to filter information about the event and present it in a way that the child can understand, adjust to, and cope with. This one starts off a little similar to the today.com article. You can start by asking your child what they've already heard. Most children will have heard something no matter how old they are. After you ask them what they've heard, ask what questions they have. It also says avoid graphic details and exposure to the media. In general, it's best to share basic information with children, not graphic details or unnecessary details about tragic circumstances. Children and adults alike want to be able to understand enough so they know what's going on. Graphic information and images should be avoided. Yeah, that's kind of a, a, a no-brainer, I guess. Um, I don't want to show my kid pictures of a tragic event or 9-11 or anything else. We want to keep them pure, right? And innocent like they are. It also says keep young children away from repetitive graphic images and sounds that may appear on television, radio, social media, or whatever. I couldn't agree more with that. I sit down and watch the news in the morning, and sometimes they will repeat or re-show a rocket launch in Saudi Arabia or something 17 times, right? And they watch it over and over, and my daughter's eating her Cheerios 10 feet away, and then she'll start asking questions about what's going on. And that's not even that graphic, but there's other stuff that the cable news shows, and you're like, oh my gosh, shield your kid's eyes because of the things they're showing is just... Sometimes it's not really good for young eyeballs. The article continues talking to very young children. The reality is even children as young as four will hear about a major crisis or event. It's best that they hear about it from a parent or a caregiver as opposed to another child or the media. Even the youngest child needs accurate information, but you don't want to be too vague. Simply saying, quote, something happened in a faraway town and some people got hurt, doesn't tell the child enough about what happened. The child may not understand why this is so different from people getting hurt every day and why so much is being said about it now. The underlying message for a parent is to convey, it's okay that these things bother you, we are here to support each other. That's cool, yeah. It goes on talking about grade school kids. After asking your child what they've heard, and if they have any questions about what occurred during, say, a school shooting, community bombing, natural disaster, or even a disaster in an international country, the parent can say something as, quote, Yes, in such and such a place, there was a disaster and many people were hurt. The police and the government are doing their job so they can try to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So, kind of the same rundown, this uh, healthychildren.org article, pretty similar as the today.com article, so... Kind of give some decent pointers there. There was one more that I wanted to check out. Let's see if I can find it again. All right, in this last article, it's just nine tips for talking to kids about trauma. It's on greatergood.berkeley.edu. Kind of interesting. I read through it already once, but it just talks about how do we talk to our kids about tragedy? How have we been kind of talking all evening here? It tells us to initiate a conversation just because the child isn't talking about tragedy doesn't mean that they're not thinking about it, experts say. They may sense your discomfort and not want to upset you by bringing it up. Maybe they're a little overwhelmed. Without factual information, children speculate 
fill in the empty spaces to make a complete story or explanation. In most cases, the child's fears and fantasies are much more frightening and disturbing than the truth. So bringing it up, talking about it with them, and seeing what they know, kind of like the other article said. Some questions they say you can ask is, how do you feel about what's happening? What do your friends think about what's going on with these situations? It also says reassure them. Tragedy can rattle a sense of safety in our children. One goal of this conversation that you'd start would provide them with reassurance that things will get better. We're all there for them. We can ask questions anytime. Another tip they say is listen. Although we always want to be good listeners for our children, it's especially crucial in the wake of a traumatic event that we give them our full attention, not jumping to conclusions, judgment, or minimizing what they're saying. No matter how silly or illogical it may seem, for example, if a child is afraid that every plane overhead carries a bomb, it might be better to say, I understand why you're scared, instead of brushing off what they're saying as nonsense. It also goes on to say, by your ability to listen calmly, even to concerns which might seem unrealistic, you communicate that their fears are not too frightening to deal with. That makes sense. And get them to open up. Ask them more questions. That's interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Or what do you mean by this? How long have you been feeling this way? This one also states, find out what they know, just like the last article said. Kind of seems like a basis. We want to see where they're at, where their head's at, and what they're thinking. It also goes on to say some questions may be tricky to answer. And in that case, they, they suggest responses like, I don't know the answer, and I'm not sure anyone does. Or that's an interesting question, and I'm not sure the answer to it. Let's see if we can find out together. Another tip says encourage children to share their feelings. Sadness, anxiety, fear, stress, even excitement. All feelings are possible in response to a tragedy and violence. If we don't let children know it's okay to feel sad and scared, they might think something is wrong with them when they do feel that way. Makes sense, right? It also says share your feelings. Experts seem to agree that sharing your feelings with your child can be beneficial. First, you want to communicate that you can handle whatever it is you're feeling. Children get a chance to see that even though upset, you can pull yourself together and continue on. Parents hear it very often. Be a role model. This applies to emotions too. That does make sense. I Sometimes I lose my cool with my kids or in front of my kids or get stressed out. I guess they probably pick up on that. And maybe I should really get that in check and control certain emotions in front of my kids. Another tip they say is focus on the good. Where there is tragedy, there is also heroism. Acts by police officers, doctors, ordinary citizens that restore our faith in humanity. This article actually has a quote from Mr. Rogers. It's often cited after tragedies. It says, quote, When I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. To this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words and I am always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers, so many caring people in this world. That's a great, that's a great quote. And the article goes on to uh, talk about encouraging children to act and when to seek more help. Alright, so kind of a lot to unpack there. A lot of quotes and knowledge and tips and stuff. So what do you think about all that stuff? I think there's some quite useful ideas here. I think reading this stuff will make me change maybe how I talk to my own girls about these things. It also gave me some ideas and tips on how to approach tragic situations without harming their psyche, I guess, and kind of 
treading lightly. And kind of how I inadvertently expose them to a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't by just watching the news and they're seeing it and I'm not even realizing it. And maybe they're not even realizing it. And maybe it's affecting them. I don't know. All right. So let me know what you think. Um, let's uh, just remember all those people. Let's remember that day. Like they say, never forget, right? And uh, that's it. We'll get through it. We have for 20 years, right? All right. So thanks for listening to Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Please do the whole rate, review, subscribe, share thing. I appreciate it. And reach out to me on Instagram at Vegas Raymer. Let me know if you have any more tips that we can add to what we talked about today. Or if you have any personal stories you would like me to hear, just uh, shoot me a DM. That'd be awesome. Next week, actually, as you hear this, I will be in Miami on vacation. So next week's show should be hopefully uh, a little more upbeat, a little more fun. We're going to do some fun stuff in Miami. Maybe I'll tell you about it. But anyways, uh, stream the podcast from podbean.com, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, and Spotify. And I will talk to you next week.